And now we focus our attention on the next conversation. And by the way, you are still welcome to join the conversation. For those of you who don't know, we are live on Facebook and we are trying by all means to stay alive, even though the network is disappointing. But hey, we make an effort right here on the program. It's a headspace with me, Nayelo Pondon. And now we talk about the original people in South Africa. We've always been told and taught through history that the Khoisan people are the original people here. But then again, we heard last week that there is a possibility that we may have missed it. And so we revise history by advising these people to talk to us. They are called the Bangwana Nation, the Bangwana people, who are allegedly claiming also to be the first people here in South Africa, not the Khoisan. So we did promise to make a point of inviting them. And my producer, Fishin as ever, has invited them this week so that we can talk to them. And this is how that conversation went about. I'll go to point, go ahead. Hi, my, um, I just want to be very cool and, and calm about this. Yes. I think you should be in, you should invite people who are called the Vangona, ne? Yes. In, uh, from in the original Venda people. I'm not one of the ones that came from Congo and, and, and drifted down to the south. There are the Vangonas who were occupied Mapungubwe. Okay, mm. and, 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 and those people also call them, so when they praise themselves, they say we are Ntangiwakugara, which means the first to, 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 to be in a place. They, they say that we are Chizachapo, which means that they are the aboriginals of the place. So if those people come in, in your program, they will be able to say that they were here as well. They, were, they don't come from anywhere else. They, even in the books that we read, okay, you find that the Vangonas are not, uh, nobody knows where they come from. They're not drifted from, from Congo or down to South Africa. They were here as well. Just like the Khoisan are saying, these people are also saying the same thing. So I would like for you to, to invite this group, even those guys who are there, they're the Khoisan, they know them. They meet with them in these right. commissions. Hold that thought. And, hold and, that thought. Uh, uh, I would like you to hold it. Talk to my producer and give her all the details that you can give okay, us I'll so that, that we, can, yeah. we can, can share. And I'm poor did that. And my producer took those contact details and we made an effort. As I said, my producer, efficient as ever, has made a point of inviting the Vangona people. And so we have them. We thank Paul, who called last week, who pointed us in that direction. And we always appreciate such leads and sources for our information. So we thought to verify this information and speak to them ourselves. So we now are asking the question. Who exactly are the original inhabitants of this country? If the Khoisan are not, if the Khoisan are not, we all know that, but no, not, not the Zulu, not the, the Venda or the Tsonga, but it's, it's always been said it's the Khoisan. The Khoisan people believe that they are the original inhabitants of this country, but the Bangwana people are disagreeing. They, 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 are, they are arguing that actually they are the first ones to arrive. And so we invited writer, author of the Mapungubwe Kingdom. His name is Robert Rakhadani. I'm hoping reading that creator Rakhadani, who is the president of the Bangona National Cultural Movement and the spokesperson of the King of Bangona. Good evening to you, sir, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Robert, can you hear me? Lovely, lovely. Uh, but first and foremost, uh, we welcome your perspectives, even though we will be asking some questions. I am grateful that we are able to speak to you and not just 
about you. So, who are the Bangwana? Well, thank you very much um, for this opportunity. Um, I think to start with, I should say, uh, as I had your conversation with my colleague in Pove, um, Bangwana are a, a nation, a nation composed of the Aboriginal citizens of the area now known as the Sadek, um, which then was a kingdom under the auspices of King Shiria Denga Mungona, who went by a number of titles like Shizuelele and many others. Then this kingdom had its capital city, which is known as Mapungubia even today. So, because you are asking about the Wangwana and not mainly about Mapungubia, I indicated that so that from the onset, the listeners and everybody else should be aware that in, in the whole of the Sadek region, there was only one kingdom in the ancient past, and that was the Mapungubia kingdom. There is ample evidence orally and from written sources to support what I'm saying. Now, the Wangona, who had a kingdom, um, are autochthonous, or let me put it, they are the aboriginal citizens of this area that we now call the Southern African Development Community, which composes of a number of states or republics today. But during that time, it was before, it is pre-colonial time, it was sort of pre-history time in the sense that you will find our history normally here in South Africa will start after the arrival of the whites. And the whites, because they used power in our land, in our area, in our region, they had to influence and censor those who wanted to write history so that not everything would be released or published. Now, Langona um, are a people who have been here, I don't uh, doubt to say, for millions of years. Uh, not for a thousand or thousands of years, as many people would claim that they've been here for so many hundreds of years or thousands. I'll come to that later in my talk as we continue. So if you want to know Angola, among the people of South Africa and Southern Africa, there are three ways for which you can easily identify them. Whether they are in Zimbabwe or Tanzania or Mozambique or South Africa or Lesotho or any part of Sadek, this is how you can easily find them. They are identified, number one, through their evolutionary names. They've got about seven evolutionary names. The first one in it's VCK, which in English would become Aborigines or Autochthonous inhabitants. So they are the first people uh, to be here. After creation, God put everything right, everybody right here. Perhaps to go further and support what I'm saying, to say that um, 
Vangona are the, the autochthonous inhabitants of this area, the Sadek region, I must say. Um, if you go to Maruping, which is the cradle of humankind, some of the inscriptions there, I will quote about maybe four or five of them. They say, all of humanity shares an African heritage. We are one diverse species across the, gro- the globe with our roots in Africa. The second one says, the first stone tools were made and used in Africa at least 2,6 million years ago. The third one will say hominids. The ancestors of modern humans first emerged about 7 million years ago in Africa. And the next one, life first emerged about 3,8 billion years ago. Our journey begins in South Africa where fossils of some of the earliest known life forms on Earth have been found in the last one. Africa is the birthplace of humankind. This is where our collective umbilical cord lies buried. So to the announcer and to the audience or the listeners, after I've read these uh, inscriptions, I've quoted them. They say everybody, whether it's American or English or Chinese, anybody has their origin in Africa and the journey starts in South Africa. So by this I wanted to indicate to all and summary that humanity claims their origin or its origin in South Africa. And everybody else, wherever I uh, throw the continental drift system and other factors, are where they are today. So the Vangona, they are part of that uh, group or those people who were here many millions of years ago, or seven million years ago, if we would have to agree with this thing, uh, what they are saying there. So it means, if anybody else, I heard you talking about the Khoisan people, Ask them how, when they came, you know, say about a thousand, ten thousand years, whatever, but it's all in thousands of years. So we are not talking about thousands of years, we are talking about millions of years. So that is the title of the evolutionary name number one. Then I come to the second one, which is called Mobikwanaize. Mobikwanaize means loosely translated. It's like somebody was cooked with a rock, together with a rock or stone. What this means is, and it refers to the period when this area, southern Africa, was pro-earthquake and volcanic prone. And there were a lot of earthquake, uh, uh, volcanoes that erupted. Because our ancestors were there, they witnessed these uh, volcanoes. And they survived the onslaught of some of the volcanoes that must have swept away and killed some of their people. So they were there when the rocks were formed through volcanic eruptions, when they cooled down and solidified, etc. Our ancestors were there. So they witnessed the formation of rocks. That is why you will find on upon certain rocks, or yes, you'll find footprints, human footprints on rocks. So what they say orally, our oral tradition says, those footprints were made by the ancestors who were there when the rocks were formed. And when they were still soft warm, then they made a mark through their foot on the rocks. That's how you find footprints 
In this case, in our area here in Vember or Vember, you find a few areas like Mulenge, which refers to a foot, which is upon a rock. At Kokwane, there, there are footprints there and many other places. So they are or Mubikwanaiva. The third one is Mungona. Mungona is a diminutive or a truncation, which is from Mu, which in Gizenda means the owner or Mune. Then Ngo is from Shango, which means the land. Meat animals. So to cut it short, it's Mungo. Now, which means this was during those days when our ancestors lived off meat before they could start plowing or making any other form of uh, provision. So for food, they depended upon meat. So they ate meat. So they were called Langona because they were meat eaters. So then the fourth. Before, before you continue yep. with the fourth one, I just want to engage you on these um, because I find them rather interesting scientifically as much as the anthropology may be wanting. You, you started by saying the only kingdom in, in, in Sadek is the Bangona kingdom? Yes. Yes. Is, is that historically correct? Is that what? Historically correct, sir. Exactly. Um, as when, far as I know. Yeah. Okay, you can carry on. When, when, when you speak, you say there is ample evidence, oral and documentary. Surely yes. we can agree that oral evidence is not exactly evidence. It's a storytelling. It's legendary. We need something more empirical than just the oratorial gestures of old men, old senile men. We need something evidential that can be scientifically proven. Can we safely dispel the oral part as mere legend and speed on to uh, the actual evidence? Do you have evidence, whether it is uh, anthropological, whether it is uh, architectural, or whether it is uh, carbon dating? Do you have any form of actual evidence? Yes, my dear. There is ample evidence, let me repeat myself, because um, anthropologists know for sure, and archaeologists, because there is a lot of archaeological evidence. Uh, if you check uh, the works written by a number of archaeologists, uh, they say, uh, like, for example, Enish, who was a, a lecturer in Victor Vendor, uh, and many others, if I should say, they concur, they agree, or they say, even those who conducted uh, the investigations, the University of Pretoria and other institutions like that, whose archaeologists worked from 19, I think, 31 at the Mapungubia, the hill itself. If you read whatever they found out, they will tell you Mapungubia was the only and the first kingdom in southern Africa. So that is the work of archaeology. If you want to go for ethnologists, they also concur that Mapungubia was the first and the only kingdom in Southern Africa. There are a lot of uh, works or written evidence or books or documents. You check the works of people like Dr. Bich, who was the University of Zimbabwe lecturer in East China and Zimbabwe. You find he concurs Mapungubia was the only kingdom in Southern Africa. You read the uh, works of people like Rob Marsh, 
um, they will tell you Mapungubia was the only kingdom in Southern Africa during its time. So to tell you, my dear, and all the listeners, we have evidence. We're not just claiming something or it's all, not only from oral evidence, but a lot of written sources have this evidence. So they are there. If somebody wants to read them, they are available. With respect there, uh, Robert, it is, it, it is not what people say that I was interested in. It is the scientific evidence that they must have concluded from. And that's what I'm asking you to share with us. Has there been any sort of evidence that would lead you to conclude, based on whatever those people you have quoted say, that actually the Bangona are the only kingdom that have ever lived there? Well, I need you to respond to that. But hold on. I want to take a caller from P.E. Lawrence, good evening. Uh, good morning. Uh, uh, good evening, Naya. Naya, I was I'm listening very uh, attentively to this thing, you know. And history is one of my favorite subjects. But I'm completely dumbstruck with this. What this gentleman is saying now. What I would like to know from him, uh, Naya, how is it possible né, that all of the like historians have missed this one of theirs? Because at school, I've never heard about what this gentleman is saying now. And I think that you are correct, uh, Naya, is that he must come with scientific evidence. You know, because all of us, myself, I was born in Kumcha, you know, and we were told these bedtime stories and things. But there was no uh, scientific proof to those bedtime stories that we were told. So, because even our former president, Thabo Mbeki, acknowledged that it was the Koi and the Sun that were the first people of this country. And any historian of note and credible one would tell you that the first people of this country was the, was the Koi and the Sun. I am now completely shocked and shaken by what this gentleman is saying. All right. Um, uh, Robert, did you hear what Lawrence is saying? Yes. Yes, would you like to respond? Yes, let me respond. Thank you very much, Lawrence. Um, As I said when I started with my talk here, we must be very careful, particularly as Africans. You see, I think the presenter here said, we can't talk for the Wangona or about the Wangona without them which is our motto, nothing about us without us. The history of South Africa must be rewritten. We don't have the history of this country. We don't have the history of Africa, as I'm speaking, which we can really brag or be proud of, because mainly our history has been written from the European perspective to favor the colonizers, to favor the regimes of the settlers who came to our area origin. So you will find mainly the history will start with the arrival of in 1652 of Jan van Riedbeek. He found this and that, that group of people. He did, they did this and that. So that is not our history. That is our history from the European perspective. Which some ulterior motives. Let me say it again. The universities of Witwatersrand, University of Pretoria, and 
have conducted archaeological and other researches on Mapunguje itself. And what I'm saying here, they have it. Again, you talk about carbon dating. Carbon dating can be used so much or relied upon as a tool to can really tell something that happens 10 or 5 or 7 million years ago. It has a, a limit. It, it goes to a certain extent. It can go beyond that. So we are talking about the history. I think the caller Lawrence should also revisit what I was reading and quoting from Maruping itself, where they say, and it's all of, if you go to, uh, what do you call this, Freedom Pretoria, you'll find the same evidence. More than three comma something billion years ago, there was life in South Africa. Who were the people who were there? Because the Khoisan has been here for a few thousand years. They never had a kingdom, but they were just nomads. They were just moving from one area to another. So we're not talking about people who move from this area and that. We're talking about a kingdom that was here in this area millions of years ago. I said, if you want scientific evidence, approach the University of Pretoria, approach the University of Witwatersrand, approach archaeologists. I quoted a few. So you will get ample evidence. So the white would not want us to be known and ahead that we had a kingdom before they came here. You read about the history of Mapungubi itself from the University of Pretoria and other places. They will tell you, during its eight days, Mapungubi was the only kingdom in this area where they grew cotton and made clothes out of it, where they specialized on gold without and before any white person set their foot in this area or in our area, in our region or in our country. So we, we were there before them. But the history was written after their arrival, and they could not allow or promote us in our history. They wanted something that would favor them. So if Tawambeki said the Khoisan were the first people, I don't, I don't really want to fight or argue with him. But he's a politician. He knew what he was saying. He knew why he said that. I don't know where he got that from, because we are saying we have been here for millions of years. And there is evidence to that. The Mapungubian nomination base here, when it was promoted or it was declared, or UNESCO declared Mapungubia is a World Heritage Site, you read that document, evidence is there. Mapungubia is millions of years old. So if we talk about the Khoisan and or any other person or politician, because one thing that... Robert, Robert, Robert hold on. Allow me, allow me to interject right there. All right. Our, our, our conversation is not necessarily about... Mapungubwe. Our conversation is about the Bangwana. And okay. that's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to establish uh, for, 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 for reference sake. And you keep on going back and forth about their kingdom, that there was, the Map- there was a Mapungubwe kingdom. We're not disputing the existence and the legitimacy of the Mapungubwe kingdom. What I'm trying to establish is you saying you are dismissing carbon dating, and yet you have the audacity to speak of millions. How did you arrive at those millions of years that you now claiming the Bangwana have been here for if you have not dated their existence here? And if you have, surely you have a scientific way of arriving at the number of millions of years. Since you don't use carbon dating, advise what that tool you have used is. And the 
the issue of the Bangwana being the only kingdom, surely if this was a legitimate claim, it may have seen it reared its head during the Ntlapo Commission, and yet our country here it stands, and we don't have the Bangwana as one of those that were recognized by the Ntlapo Commission. Please write those down and uh, respond to them, but I want to take some calls for you because most important is what the people would like to say to you. Let's go to Thunderbale Park. Mr. Mlambo, good evening. Hello, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? Well, thank you. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, so, okay, right. The way he's saying, I mean, there's a probability that it may be true. The reason why I say it may be true, if you can find the Mapungubwe, how old it is, the Mapungubwe, it might have been built probably in the 12th century, because now as it is believed, it is believed that the people who build Mapungubwe, these are the people who traveled and went to build Kama, and he went to build the Great Zimbabwe. And the same time, if you can go to Timbuktu, because there, Mapungubwe, you can see it's dust. But the Kama is still, you You can even know how Kama looks like. Mr. Mlambo, that again, as I was saying to Robert, it, it is not the Mapungube ruins or the Zimbabwe ruins or any of these institutions that we are discussing about. Okay, I know you we are, are discussing, discussing the about Bangon. the people, the first people yes. who were in the And South. his allegation is the, it yeah. is the Bangona who ran who ran the administrations in the kingdoms that built the the, the, the Mapungube ruins that we see there or the kingdom of Mapungu within, and that's not... Um, okay, I do understand. Can I explain something? Yes. Yeah, uh, the question people, where the nomadic people, they were not on one place. So now, even to find where, where were they, they were moving all over. So they were not stationed. So the Mapungu people are the people who were stationed in one place. Even when you can find, let's say, you find about the hormonalid which was found there. There's a probability that thing could have been the skull of a chimpanzee. Because now there was forest before deforestation. We, we, but, we're, we're, we're getting derailed now, Mr. Mlam, and I want us it, to stick to the Bangon. I want yeah. us to stick to talking about the Bangon and their claim that they are the first to arrive and not the Khoisan. And yeah, that's okay. what I want I, us to, to stick to. I do to. understand. The proof, when you say about the Bangon, if you can find what were they using to live, if they were processing gold, if they were cutting stones. But now let's go to the question. Where is the Not the Khoisan. Not the Khoisan, Mr. Mlambo. I mean, Not the Khoisan. We're going to move on. I don't want us to talk about the Khoisan today. We gave the Khoisan time to speak. Now okay. I want us to talk about the Bangon. I don't want us to get derailed. Let's okay, move right. on. To, I, okay, right. Let's go to Beaufort West. Let's go to Roy. Let's talk to Roy. Proof which is tangible. Roy, good evening. Roy? Yes, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Go ahead, Roy. I think I do agree with uh, the historian. Okay. Because why? Uh, the thing is, the first people who wrote the history is to say the Khoisan were the first people. Were the missionaries who were first to be 
in the Cape Town and they meet maybe the Khoisan over the along the sea. But uh, the example of this uh, the, the the east in which we we learnt is like uh, the, in the Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe, whereby they say the first person to discover Victoria Falls in Livingstone, but they were they were Tonga people, Nambia people living around there. So, but the history told us in the books that it's Deputy Livingstone. So, but as an African, I, I really I don't believe that's a true history. So, we should be very careful when we talk of our history. And this history was written by the people who were like not favoring the uh, favoring us as black people. So, Mapungubwe again is an oldest name that in the history books. You find it. But they never wanted to write about it. It can be a, like a new story, but if you look back, you will see who wrote the history that we are relying on to say is the Khoisan. I think I, I want to end there. All right. I, I, have, I have no issue with Mapungubwe, uh, Roy, yes. and I want us to be very clear about this. Our yes. conversation is not about Mapungubwe. Our conversation yeah. is resting squarely on the claim of the Bangona and the Bangona claiming to have been the ones who were kings over the kingdom of Mapungubwe or the the empire at the time. And that's what I want us to delve into. Do we have any evidence to back these claims? Is there actual evidence? Because when we speak of kingdoms in this country, we had a commission that was run over a very considerable period of time to establish kingdoms here and the Bangwana kingdom does not feature there and that's what I'm trying to say is when we speak do we have any evidence or are we making claims and associating ourselves with greatness uh, such as the Mapungue uh, I, 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 I would like us to have a connect there a point of connection where we're going to connect the, the, the Bangwana and the Mapungue can I ask you this tonight yes sir what do we have to beg us to say is the Khoisan who are who were the first people against the Bangona? It's, the, it's because we read about it, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, prominent people have talked about it, because they were referring the, uh, from the books that were written. So that's why our history as black people were not written in favor, just because we were not favored. Our history was written by other people. I want to follow your train of thought there, Roy, and I'll, I'll let you go. I want to follow your th- train of thought that says, uh, if, therefore, there is no evidence to support the Khoi, therefore we must also smoke the uh, Bangwana pipe and be intoxicated by both histories that are not based <laughs> on evidence. Is that it? Yeah, it's better than doing it. Okay. All right. I, I, okay. All right. Thank you very much, Roy. Let's move on to Morris in Durban. Good evening, Morris. Hello, 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 Nae. Hi, Morris. Yes, Nae, I'm not that educated so that I can know many things. I just want to say something. Okay. okay. I'm, I was born in Angola, actually. So, uh, what the minister, uh, Mr., uh, the one who's talking about Mapogu was saying. Robert Rakadan. Okay. Uh, let me say like this. When uh, white people came to this country, in Africa, the first people they met with their Khoisan. So when they met Khoisan, they started to write the history from Khoisan people. 
before they came to discover who was the first people in this country. And now, they say what they wanted to do, because themselves, like Africaners, when they came to meet with Ikoisan, they made a Koisa lady pregnant, then she, she made a color, that color, pregnant she made these white people who have got which you called themselves now Africaners. So that's why they put the history across to Khoisan to say they are the first people so that if black people they can turn against them, they can use Khoisan to take the, the land back to them again. Okay. That's why you see when people they say the land must come, the Khoisan they are rising up, they are pushing them to say do it. So that when the Khoisan they take the land, it's still in their hand again. All That's right. what I'm saying. Nice conspiracy Thanks. theory there, Morris. Appreciate your call. Let's go back to Chris and PE. Chris, good evening. Hello. Yes, go ahead, Chris. I am. Good evening, dear listeners. Good evening, uh, Chris. A question. Who were the first people in South Africa? Which place uh, specifically are they referring to? Because there was no uh, a country called South Africa. The... South Africa was in uh, kingdom, different kingdoms of uh, specifically like the, the Zulu nation, the Kosa, the Swa. No one specific uh, country. The borders that are there currently were put by the white. Secondly, they say the these Vagona people are the, they may be the same people who who made the Great Zimbabwe. The Great Zimbabwe is known to have been. Uh, created by the Rose Empire. So that's the question I have. Can they specify the relationship between the Wangona and the Rose people? All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, just before I let you go there, um, uh, 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 Chris, surely we do appreciate that um, we did not always have uh, uh, kingdoms of the Tosa or the Zulu in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, if we are to follow these historians and these uh, anthropologists, there was a great Nguni migration, and even that history is contested, by the way, uh, which means that we, we did not originate here if we are to follow that history that there was a Nguni mi- migration. from uh, most of the, not only the Nguni, the Bantu speaking people, yes. they are said to have migrated from. Uh, Chris, I'd like you to call again because our our, our conversation is interrupted by the beep on your phone. Please uh, call again. I'd like to hear what you're saying. I really would like to hear what you're saying. All right. It's it's, it's very interesting to hear how uh, we are very anti the koi, (laughs) that we are willing to buy the story without evidence whatsoever. And you hear some saying, actually, uh, I'm, I'm prepared to believe the story because, after all, I have no evidence to believe the Koi story to begin with. Interesting theory right there. Chris, uh, let, let's try again. What were you saying again? I was saying if we we are go by that migration uh, theory, yes, all the Bantu-speaking people in the Southern Africa, yes. they are saying to have migrated from the Great Lakes region Correct. coming down south. Correct. So I don't know who came first. That's that's what but we're trying to establish now. Now, if they say that the Khoisan were the first ones, they have to specify the area where in South 
Southern Africa were they? They they did specify. They said throughout the Southern African region, specifically South Africa, the places we now call our provinces, they say wherever you'll see rock art. That rock art was made by the Khoisan people. They say wherever you see all these that we call now rock art, the writings, the paintings on rock art, uh, on rocks, so the art, through, it's, by, it's done by them. Southern Africa. Correct. And uh, that gentleman was talking of uh, foot, footprints on top of rocks. Yes. Zimbabwe is a place uh, where they, these rocks, they have footprints, but some of these footprints, they are much bigger than a normal human being footprint. So I don't know whether these people were bigger than current human being. Yes. All thank right. you. Got a th- thank you very much, Chris. Appreciate your calls. Go to Sydney and George. Good evening, Sydney. Good evening. Good evening, How Sydney. How are you? And well, thank you. Go ahead, Sydney. Yeah, I just want to check with Robert. The rhino artifact of Mapungupwe has one horn. While all the rhinos in Africa have two horns, how did they know or what what is the reason for that that they made that rhino artifact with one one while the africa rhinos have two ones the second question i want to ask him do you know anything about the skeletons of mapungufwe all right um robert did you get that I didn't get the second part of his question, but about this one rhino on, I heard that one. All right. He says, do you know anything about the skeletons of Mapungubwe? Skeletons. Skeletons. I got it. All right. All right. All right. The, uh, those are the callers for you, Robert. You you can respond. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, to start with, in my response, maybe if I miss out something, you'll remind me. Sure. You were saying about something about the Nkapo Commission that the Wangona story has never been made. Let me say for your information and for all the listeners, we as the Wangona, there were about five contestants to the king, the Wangona kingship at the Nkapo Commission here in our area. One of them were the Wangona. So, or they, they were, it was ourselves, the Mpepus, the Chivases, the Mpapuis, and... Uh, the, the, the Raburas. So Wangona was there. So just how I wanted just to... And, and, what, and what was the resolution to that contestation, Robert? Well, that will, will be opening up a can of worms because for your information, our presentation, according to the chairperson, acting chairperson then, was the best. And uh, which they said we were just being educated and whatever. The comment immediately after our presentation in 2005 were excellent from the, the state, the, the, the acting chairperson of the commission. But the outcome was saying, okay, the kingship goes to them papers. But as I said, we could be opening a can of them because... Let me explain why I asked that question, and I knew exactly that's what you're going to be saying, Robert. We, I belong to the Hlubi Nation. And the Shubi, Amashubi. And, okay, okay, okay. and the Amashubi also had a claim <laughs> to the club commission. Our, uh, 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 we, while we had divisions amongst ourselves, but there was a document put together, presented to the commission. And the presentation, as you say, was phenomenal. In, 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 in my eyes, if I read it, when I read it, it was impeachable. 
but we still remain years down the line as a nation without a kingdom. And my question is, if we are now to go with what the nation went with, uh, should we say that, therefore, the Lutubi people are therefore to be believed in spite of the evidence that was weighed in, in the commission and we were left without? Are we going to now going to say, no, it's a can of worms because we never got our way? I mean, when I spoke to them, when I invited them to come and, and speak on the matter, while it was still happening, they even wanted to go to court. And that's what I'm saying is right now. Right now, we do not have the Bangwana as recognized by the Republic of South Africa as a kingship or a nation deserving of recognition as a kingship. And that's what I'm trying to establish. While we as a republic have acknowledged and we have an institute for the Mapungubwe ruins and all that comes in Mapungubwe, we still do not associate Mapungubwe and its legitimacy to the Bangwana. Do you understand how I connect these two thoughts? Yes. I need you to help me connect it for, from your perspective. How then, if you are going to allege that you are associated with the Mapungubwe, why is it that that association is not apparent and, and clear? Because there's evidence for Mapungubwe, but no evidence for Bangon. Well, I don't know if you are aware of the judgment that uh, from the Constitutional Court on the Sikau and whatever, Justice Sikau and others, uh, they said in their judgment, which I have a copy of in my custody, not to where I'm sitting now, but it's here. They said, because as I said, we're opening a can of arms in the sense that they, the judgment of the Constitutional Court said, President Jacob Zuma, as head of state, made a mistake when he assumed power as president in 2009. He amended the traditional leadership government, government framework act. And then when he determined the kingships that were researched by the Nkapo Commission, he used the new act instead of the old act, which was act number 41 of 2003, which established the Nkapo Commission. So Zuma used the new exit. Whatever he announced is null, null and void. I have the judgment in my custody. So that's why I say whatever you, you may believe, the politicians have got an interest in, in this matter. That's why the new president assumed power, immediately amended the, 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 leader, the traditional leadership government framework act, and he did whatever, because under the old act, the commission had the power to investigate, make findings, and determine. All right. But under the amended act, the commission only recommends the president determines who must be king. All right. That's what the demand is. Hold that, hold so, that thought there, Robert. I want, I want you to hold that thought. I want to cross to Stephen, and then I'll come back and give you the opportunity to, to, to respond to other callers because my questions are not as important as those that called here. Stand by. Stephen Gerker, you there. Yeah, well, I, I feel like an intruder coming into such an important conversation. Listen, we've got uh, given from the Stone Jets. Uh, he comes up at half past 12, the third part of him. He speaks about being on stage with Bra Hugh Masakela, working hard for recognition. Also defining success. We do, of course, take your song request between midnight and 3 a.m. And what was that the president was reading? We'll find out between 12 and 3. The Headspace. Nile Lupondwana on SAFM.
All right. Um, Robert, you have other calls that I want you to respond to. This is your chance. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Thank you very much. I was saying, along the entire commission has our story. The results were influenced by a number of factors, and uh, a number of factors, as I said. But I don't want to delve deeper into that, because politics had the end there. You spoke about the issue of carbon dating. I didn't say, unless if maybe I went too far to say I dismissed carbon dating. I didn't so much want to say I dismissed it. I said, you can't solely rely upon it for everything. Although what I'm saying might be the result of carbon dating, whatever evidence, some of the evidence I'm saying here. So I didn't dismiss it uh, out of hand like that. I said, some of these things must be treated with suspect or you must leave room for some doubt or whatever. Then the other issue, the question that came from one of the listeners about the rhino horn from Mapungubia. Yes, I know full well that it had, it had one horn. And what is, why that is so? It's because that one, that rhino, was not just something that was made to imitate the normal rhinos. It was a traditional thing. In our culture, we have got a traditional dance called the Domba, which is done at the chief's cross, king's palace, whatever, by women and young women and young men. So they say the reason why it is one horn, it is a sign, because usually some men and some traditional leaders would choose wives out of those girls that are performing there at Dhamma. So if a young man, seeing the women sort of say, because they just dress nothing on top except down here. So if a young man, his manhood doesn't stand up when he sees that, then he's no man at all. That is something nothing very little to do with the rhinos themselves, but something that is traditional and which is related to the Dhamma, uh, uh, I think dance that is performed. So that's why it is like that. It's something a little bit different from the normal rhinos that we know. And then the issue of the skeletons, unless if I miss the question, but um, the skeletons or the remains of the people of Mapungubia, some of them were reburied in 2007. We as Wangona were there, and then to, as part of the people that reburied those uh, uh, remains. So I don't know if he's referring to those remains of the our people. Yes, we know about them. And, uh, well, the University of Pretoria, University of Whitwaterson, has made a lot of research, and there's a lot uh, that has been written. On top of the year, we got this number of skeletons and all that. So, yes, so we know about that. I don't know exactly what the, 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 the person has wanted to know or to hear. And maybe I may go too much far. And then the missing, yet missing is question. So but that's how I can respond. All right. We're going to do a conversation right here because our time is up. I would just like to know, um, you, you, you wrote a book, The Mapungubwe Kingdom. Yes. Was it reviewed, peer-reviewed? Because I'd like to copy it uh, and for my personal library. Was it peer-reviewed and can I get a copy? Um, thank you very much for that question. At the moment, the book is not yet published. Um, we are hoping to get it very soon, out very soon. So as long as we keep in touch, I think you'll get a copy. I'll be pleased to do that. But 
if you have me, give me back a minute uh, of your time just to say bye-bye to the listener. Thank you very much, everybody, and I'm happy. A lot of people have knowledge, but my conclusion is our history must be rewritten. We don't have to believe the Europeans or the whites because they wrote with their own agenda behind. They knew what they wanted to achieve. We need to rewrite our history. The history of Africans must be written by Africans, not by somebody on their behalf and for them. Got it. Thank you very much. Well, I'll leave it right there. Interesting enough, you did not answer the question about the book being peer-reviewed, but we'll leave it right there. When we get the book, we'll talk about it then. From me, Nayelo Pondona and the team, by the way, thank you very much to you, Robert Rakadan. Uh, we appreciate you coming through and talking to us and all those who called and sent text messages from me and the team. Have a wonderful day and Godspeed. Have a wonderful evening. It's midnight. Time for the night light.